0: Welcome to the Association 4.0 podcast, your association's no-fluff playbook to navigating and thriving in Industry 4.0 or the digital marketplace. Each week, we bring expert insights to help you and your association stay ahead of the curve.
1: Hello, my name is Sherry Budziak and I am the host of this week's podcast. I'm here today with Liz Lucas, who is a senior consultant with .orgSource. Prior to joining us, Liz was a CEO of SIA for 10 years and has been an accomplished association executive for almost 30 years. I'm so excited to talk with you today about innovation and why it's important for associations. Um, As a note, our dot Community Innovation Summit event takes place on June 9th, and so innovation is a topic that is front and center for us today. Um, so thank you for joining us, Liz.
0: Yes, thank you, Sherry, for having me here to share my passion for innovation and how innovation can help associations renew, stay relevant, and provide greater value to its stakeholders for
1: long-term success. So why do you feel innovation is important for associations? Well, innovation is important because it
0: ultimately helps to ensure the association's long-term success. Successful innovation models typically feature programs that focus on financial growth from the onset. So while the world is emerging from the past century's great health disruptor, we are also facing several other unknowns such as the economy, climate change, and geopolitical realities. A culture of innovation will help an association become resilient, generate new revenue streams, and succeed under any conditions. Entities that remain viable and relevant depend on continual assessment and renewal, and associations are no different. In 2018, there was an ASAE Research Foundation report on innovation in associations. And this study found that there is a correlation between the overall innovation efforts and the success of an association. You may wanna check this uh, report out at thefoundation.asae.org forward slash research, forward slash leadership, forward slash innovation. And in the latest edition of uh, Race for Relevance, we are reminded today that many associations face declining market share, shrinking revenue sources, higher member expectations, increased competition, diverse stakeholder needs, rapid advances in technology, marketplace disruptions to the way business gets done and just general uncertainty. So in times like this, associations need all the advantages that they can get and innovation is shown to increase an association's success. You know, committing to the right culture of innovation does allow an organization to strategically increase its competitive advantage. And it increases its competitive advantage through a useful strategic exercise of clarifying the association's value proposition. A strong value proposition, one that is truly lived, will channel activities and resources into increasing the association's value to their stakeholders. And this increased value to stakeholders results in an increase in an association's brand, its reputation, its profits, and its long-term success. Lot to be had for innovation.
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, so what do you see as critical for creating a culture of innovation? I know you've, you know, you've had, um, a couple great, um, uh, CEO, um, 10 years, um, in your career and have created kind of these cultures of innovation. So I kind of want to get from you, you know, what, um, you feel is critical to creating that sort of environment.
0: Sure, it, it sounds simple, but like most things in life, it's not enough to say it. You have to be intentional. Just like creating a culture of DEI is intentional, so too should an association's leadership be intentional about creating a culture of innovation. Just referring back to that survey or research I mentioned, the 2018 ASA Foundation Research Associations Innovate. The study reported that boards drive innovation and association boards are integral to the success or failure of innovation efforts. Well, boards can promote innovation by making innovation an inherent part of the strategic planning process. Boards can also take the responsibility for developing and maintaining a portfolio of many scenarios to guide organization-wide innovation efforts. So the board has a very important role, but just as integral to the board's support and guidance is the CEO. And it's really the partnership between the board with the CEO and other senior executives that the team can ensure the right culture of innovation is alive and healthy. A true culture of innovation encourages staff from every department and seniority level to contribute ideas. This equitable strategy allows people previously ignored during conversations about innovation to formulate and act on creative ideas. I see the critical components or critical aspects for a culture of innovation requiring the association to do seven things. First, to agree on why a culture of innovation is important. You have to start here and then to continually prioritize organizational renewal or innovation, followed by a third criteria, and that is to define how innovation should be practiced. The fourth is to invest in innovation capabilities, followed by the fifth, to annually set aside funds to support innovation. And that's followed by including innovation as part of their strategic planning and scenario thinking conversations. And then finally, another critical aspect is for the leadership team, both volunteers and staff, to own the ongoing responsibility for consistently nurturing the culture of innovation. All seven of these critical aspects will support a culture of innovation going forward.
1: Um, So Liz, you know, you talk about um, how important it is, you know, for boards to to drive innovation. Um, But I know a lot that feel that innovation is risky. So how do you get boards to become more risk tolerant?
0: Yes, very good question. Um, While many boards are risk adverse and view themselves as caretakers, not risk takers, there is a business case to be made for renewing and remaining relevant And this can only be done through innovation, through an innovation process that has rigor and has resources. I don't know if you're aware that there is a surge of new firms in the U.S., some 15% higher than before the pandemic. And this means that there's even greater offerings leading to a greater competition for share of mind and pocket making a business case for a culture of innovation is paramount to an association's resilience and its long-term success. And that is the responsibility of the CEO. I'm gonna reference again, the 2018 ASAE's Foundation, Associations Innovate Research Report, because results found that a CEO plays a critical role in shifting to an innovation focus in their associations. And I think that underscores how the appointment of a new CEO can be an opportunity to rethink not only the business model, but the innovation agenda of an association. Of course, an existing CEO can do just the same. Not only does the CEO set the tone for a culture of innovation, They play a critical role in formulating and establishing an association's overall approach to innovation. The CEO is influential in determining what types of capabilities and infrastructure to develop and how to allocate those resources. In addition to their roles in executing plans and managing the organization, CEOs are crucial in developing and implementing a vision for the future of which innovation goals and priorities should be an integral part. Essentially, there are three strategic postures an organization may choose. Playing a leadership role in establishing how an industry or profession operates, adapting to the future through speed and agility, or investing sufficiently to stay in the game, but avoid premature commitments. The CEO must help their board determine which of those three strategic postures they think is best for their association, and then help the board understand the opportunity for long-term success within that strategic posture and the rigor that will be used to minimize the risk, such as not every idea is a good idea. Yes, the CEO must drive the culture of innovation while gaining the board's support to innovate if they want to succeed long-term.
1: So, you know, something that comes to mind, is there a particular type of association or size of an association that is most appropriate to undertake a culture of innovation? That is an awesome question.
0: It's one I've had myself. And some recent ASAE Foundation research on innovation, this study um, completed in 2021, called Associations as Innovation Catalysts, uh, actually looked at the size and type of associations that were predisposed to having the function of innovation. And honestly, much to my surprise, the analysis reflected that there is no difference Every association can adopt a culture of innovation. Let's just call that culture of innovation a mindset. It's really about the scale or the quantity
1: of innovations that may be different. So um, I have a a thought or a question. You know, I think one of the challenges is staffing and resources. So how can associations that are frequently understaffed make space for employees to innovate?
0: Well, again, that mindset is so important here. Um, Oftentimes when people think of innovation, they think of, you know, grand projects, um, perhaps electronic cars, for example, scratch that, pause. (laughs) What am I trying to say?
1: I'll start with <laughs> electric <again>. vehicles. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking of Elon Musk. He's I top am. of mind today. <laughs> yeah, he definitely <laughs> has been top of mind for a week. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right, we'll pause. I'll ask a question again. Thanks. So, how can associations that are frequently understaffed make space for employees to innovate?
0: Yes, that's a another very good question um you know again innovation and a culture of innovation is really about having a mindset it doesn't have to be some grand innovation project something to the level of electronic vehicles for example Um, it doesn't need to be what some may have heard of as a skunk works where There's an entire team of people that are devoted secretly to finding the next big innovation. It can be as simple as keeping your eyes and ears open to what your stakeholders are experiencing and what they say they need, and then speaking up and acting on these fresh ideas. Deloitte just published a study that echoes this very thought. The study found that high growth companies seem to spend less time looking inward and they're more apt to lead with need, prioritizing the uncovering of member and stakeholder issues more than a broader set of companies typically spend on innovation. So what we're saying here is that Deloitte found that the time spent looking outside and prioritizing your member and stakeholders is more important than looking inside. There's an age old method of management where you evaluate how you spend your day and you look for how to do your work differently with a goal of freeing up maybe 10 to 20% of your time to pursue new ideas. And you know, it's not easy for all staff to actually make this happen. But the exercise will uncover time that may be used to seek out fresh ideas and test their viability. And it also makes sense to take an inventory of all those kind of unofficial projects that may be underway because staff or volunteers have been able to cobble together enough resources from existing budgets. So keeping track of such innovation projects and reporting on those can show that innovation is actually alive and well in your association. Then it becomes a matter of building on that to intentionally direct the culture of innovation so that innovation supports the stakeholder demand rather than the blue sky ideas. Demand-driven ideas that support the value proposition of the association and that are properly financed and measured for whether they add value as intended is going to evolve your culture of innovation, even if you feel you are understaffed.
1: So where do associations find the financial resources for innovation or do you have examples on how various groups are managing um, the additional expense? Oh, additional expense. Love to key in there because innovation (laughs) is
0: considered an investment in an organization's future rather than an expense. And so again, that goes to mindset because typically an innovation needs seed capital to get started. An association committed to innovation can actually manage their investment in innovation in a few different ways. One is to assign a percent of their operating budget annually to innovation pilots. Now I understand that for organizations that have a tight operating budget, this can be very difficult, but just get started a half a percent, 1%. Many companies will use a range of five to 10% of their annual revenue. So getting started to make an investment in innovation can come from the operating budget. Another approach is to use a percent of reserves as seed funds for innovation pilots and projects. And yet perhaps a more modern approach is to find a partner to help finance the innovation. Typically, the projected investment of the innovation will often guide which approach to use. So for example, a process innovation may not require any capital just a change in how you work. Whereas a technology innovation may require a steep investment that can be amortized over several years and potentially paid for from future profits or reserves. And then there's innovations of a lesser investment. Those can be funded perhaps from a line item budget for ongoing innovations. It's critical for an association with limited capital to have a sound innovation process in place. And this is the rigor that helps to ensure a higher success rate while balancing what is realistically possible with their human and their financial resources. It's critical to set performance criteria in a new idea business plan and develop a financial pro forma because both the business plan and the financial performa are essential for understanding their potential and impact to the association. A financial performa should project revenues and direct and indirect expenses for the period in development through the period the investment pays back. The innovations performance should be reviewed and reported to the board according to an agreed upon timeline and continued funding for the innovation should be based on the innovation meeting its performance criteria. So these are just a few ways that you can finance the um, innovation efforts of your association, as well as keep an eye on ensuring that, that those finances are being used appropriately.
1: So Liz, um... I understand that you chaired um, the, an ASAE research foundation task force uh, studying associations as innovation catalysts, Um, you know, our listeners would be interested in hearing about this and what it means and the results of the research can, can you tell me how you became involved? uh, What were the goals and how this initiative can benefit associations and their members?
0: Wow. Well, thank you, Sherry. Um, The the work in innovation over many years, um, or my work in innovation over many years, um, led to a conversation with the ASAE Research Foundation and ultimately a role as the chair of the Association's as Innovation Catalyst Research Study, which uh, was completed in late 2021. the concept or the the title associations as innovation catalysts is supposed to evoke and actually refers to anyone or anything that fosters and sustains external or industry focused innovation. Now, what do we mean by that? Well, we had been previously talking about looking outward to the needs of your members and stakeholders And this is really where external innovation comes in. The Associations as Innovation Catalyst Research Task Force was familiar with that 2018 study on innovation for by associations. It was viewed as a solid look at internal innovation. What seemed to be missing was what associations are doing to support their industry or their professions innovation well beyond association products and services. And so the research task force, with their belief that external forces such as market needs and disruptions and changing environmental factors, uh, created a space for associations to serve as an igniter, or if you will, this catalyst of innovation in their industry. The uh, task force, did a literature search and confirmed there was no research available about what associations were doing in this particular area of supporting their industries or their professions innovation. And thus the task force received the green light to proceed creating research objectives and ultimately a request for proposal by a principal investigator. And then within weeks Would you believe we had a real-time test of our belief about external forces creating a space for associations to serve as an igniter or a catalyst of innovation in their industry, (laughs) enter COVID-19 pandemic? When the pandemic began, the research task force was aware this disruptive force was causing associations to innovate, but we didn't know to what degree. So before we went ahead with the research plan, we held conversations with association CEOs and association strategists. And we learned associations were adapting and coping with new ways to work while keeping their members informed and connected. And these conversations ultimately shaped the direction of associations as
1: catalysts research. And so what did the study findings um, tell us? Well, there's quite a bit there. Um,
0: I'll try to give you some top line points. Um, First, that investigator, the principal investigator, took what we had learned from the conversations and they built on it uh, by holding in-depth conversations with a diverse set of association leaders. Their diversity was in size and geographic scope and, and industry focus, but they were similar in that they all had one thing in common, and that was that they were igniting or catalyzing their industry or profession to innovate. And through those individual conversations the, um, and a field survey, the principal investigator ultimately identified eight different roles carried out in external or industry-focused innovation. And these eight roles of associations as innovation catalysts explain how associations help an industry to anticipate, adapt, or cope to an unexpected force or driver of change. There are specific roles associated with each of these three phases. Now, ideally an association would choose one role in each of the three stages of anticipation, adaption, and coping that would help them support their industry or their profession's resilience. The study also found that of those three stages, most associations are more focused on coping and adapting than on anticipating, providing an opportunity for associations to add value to their members and stakeholders. The study results also indicated that there are three essential components of association culture required to pursue external innovation. And I think this is really fascinating, a data-driven focus. We all wanna be there, but actually getting that data available and having it in front of us to make decisions is absolutely essential. Another essential component is an openness and a collaborative spirit. And finally, I've mentioned mindset several times and it's a mindset of experimentation and a learning spirit. The study results suggest that 66% of associations should strengthen data driven. Yet another opportunity for associations to add value. Interview data also indicated three components of association capabilities required to pursue external innovation. And those capabilities are informing, organizing, and supporting. The interview data indicated that associations do lag behind in informing capabilities when compared with organizing and supporting. So this is an opportunity for the CEO to bring those capabilities online as support of their innovation culture. Associations that choose to help their industry or profession anticipate change while informing the industry about future change with hard evidence will position itself as contributing to external industry-focused innovation. And such a strategy will strengthen the association's value proposition to its stakeholders while gearing up for long-term success. You know, associations do have a very important place in our society. And if you want your association to thrive, not just survive, I encourage our listeners to read more about this research at foundation.asaecenter.org forward slash research. Forward slash leadership forward slash innovation.
1: That's great, Liz. Um, really appreciate this information. And I would also, I guess, encourage our listeners if they're a CEO or a board that is looking to innovate um, and looking to kind of apply um, some of the things that you talked about today um, and gain some insights from your experience that they can. Um, contact you as well at, at elizabeth at orgsource.com um, to see how you can help them now that you're, you're on the other side as a consultant. <laughs> yes, and it's wonderful. Eager mm-hmm. to share my knowledge and expertise with all. So it's been, been great. Um, I loved hearing about the research um, and the important work that was um, done through the ASAE Foundation. Um, Any final thoughts before um, I let you go today, Liz? Just that uh, remember that an innovation
0: culture is really a mindset and it is intentional. And just having that frame of reference will help you begin the
1: necessary steps for long-term success. Great. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I appreciate your time today and we will talk with you again soon.
0: We hope you enjoyed this episode and discovered tips and information that will add value to your leadership style and your association. .org source specializes in positioning teams for success with solutions for technology, strategy, and marketing. Please contact us at info at orgsource.com or visit www.orgsource.com to find out how to keep your organization on track to Association 4.0.